The faces of agriculture are changing. With younger folks returning to the farm, the industry is also seeing something else. More women taking on the business. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. Is it news that women are involved in agriculture? Perhaps not big news, but there is a shift happening in our industry. And Holly Spangler, editor of Prairie Farmer Magazine, recently took a look for her latest issue. She profiled several operations where women have taken on the lead role, and she explores what that means not only for them, but also for agriculture. Let's check in with Holly to learn more. Holly, good to catch up with you again on Around Farm Progress. How are you doing? I'm great, Willie. How are you? Good, good. I guess to get started, because it's that time of year, what's weather like in your part of Illinois? How's, how are things going in the, in the crops? Things are looking better all the time. Um, we've had some nice rains. We had um, plenty to too much rain about two weeks ago, um, but we're getting some heat now, which is really what that those little corn plants needed. <laughs> They're starting yeah. to green up nicely again. As we all like to remind ourselves, it's all about the GDUs, and we haven't had any, although with the weather that's coming this weekend, 90 degrees up here in the north, uh, it must be pretty warm for you guys, too, which would be great. So Yeah, super. we're supposed to be in the 80s, maybe maybe today even, to hit 80, so that's that'll be nice, because, I mean, we were down to, you know, 40 over the weekend. Yes, we still had, we had snow in northern Minnesota on a Memorial Day weekend, so it's it's been... One of those years, but we'll get past all that. So we're talking today about a topic that uh, it's a topic that's been around a while, but I think the nature of that may be changing. And that's women in agriculture. And what sparked it, of course, is you, your cover feature coming up. It's got some really interesting features on some women who are in agriculture, but their role's a little different than I might think of, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we've talked about before this idea of, you know, it's maybe not necessarily news that women are in agriculture, right? Because they have been for a long time. And really, they have been in livestock production, um, particularly the dairy industry, for quite a while. Um, but I think what what I was seeing more of and, and really finding an interest in is young women deciding to come back into a row crop operation as a primary operator or with their, you know, parents or whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, making that career decision that that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise corn and soybeans. Yeah. And that's an interesting choice. I mean, we often think of this is a horribly sexist thing to say. I know, you know, the son coming back to help the dad. But, right. uh, um, you know, I'm the father of a daughter. and No, I don't farm, but I would be very happy if my daughter wanted to join me in the family business. And I think that may have been a change in culture, too. Right. I think so. I think so. I, I shared a story from a, another woman who talked about, you know, she she wanted to come back and farm 40 years ago, but it just wasn't an option. You know, when she was making that decision, you know, around college time and and talked about, you know, how those those cultural norms have consequences. You know, she was pointing to her grandfather now who has 10 granddaughters and zero grandsons and all of their family ground is rented out. Um, to other people outside the family. So there's nobody in their family farming that ground anymore. Wow. I'm glad the culture has changed because, uh, but but you bring up an interesting point in the culture too. One thing that's kind of made the culture different is that agriculture is not so much manual labor anymore. Did yeah. The technology's had a role, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, part of this story, I went back and talked to a farmer who we had on the cover back in 2004 name is Rhonda Musgrave. She is a delightful person that I've stayed in touch with ever since then. 
And she talked about, okay, so what's changed? You know, what's made this a little easier? And she said, you know, part of it is the the manual labor of it. You know, we've got enough technology. We're not necessarily, you know, hoisting bags of seed, you know, into 24 <laughs> row boxes at this point. But, um, you know, you've got a seed tender and it's, you know, powered with a motor. And, and some of those things are just a little easier than they used to be. Well, and things are getting easier and easier as we roll tech in that even people like, you know, a journalist could run a combine. It's it's possible. It could happen someday. But right. <laughs> but when you bring <laughs> one, I think one of the comments uh, that uh, Ms. Blount made in the in the story that you have in your cover is, too, is that all they can do on their equipment is change the oil and the filters. They're yes. not re- overhauling tractors in the winter. Yep, exactly. Rhonda talked about that, too. You know, I said. 30 years ago when she started and she overhauled, I don't know what she said, two or three tractors with yeah. her dad in the shop over the course of a few winters. And now they, it's just not possible with all the electronic stuff. Yeah. I like the one story that you've got in this package about the young lady who worked at Case New, Case IH as the tech support and still does it on her own farm now that she's <laughs> yeah. back farming. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Her, you know, her dad had told she and her sister both, you know, you, you go to school and you come back with some skill <laughs> to the yeah. farm, you know, and, and I want you to go work off the farm and then come back with some skill. And so her skill, she said, was, you know, she worked in tech support for Case and and she brought that back. And so occasionally gets called on to solve some problems or like she told a great story about, you know, hearing him talk over the radio. I think they were just having trouble getting the GPS receiver to to uh, receive <laughs> correctly. Mm-hmm. She called up her husband and said, hey, try this. And it worked. More than likely, it was unplug the antenna and plug the antenna back in again, <laughs> which is what I find works all the time as one possibility. But I, you brought up a little bit, of, and I wanted to dig into this a moment. Uh, if one, I think the concept of uh, the principal farmer saying to their children, male or female, go get your college degree and go do something for three or four years before you think about coming back is an excellent move because they need to be off the farm and in the real world to see how business works because farming is not a hobby anymore. So that's great. But now when we go to bring them back in, how, how are they coming back? Because I'm always afraid if I bring the kids back, I got to take a pay cut. How does that work? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a good question, but you know, the, Lydia, that was um, Lydia Holsty, you know, that we were talking about there that worked for Case mm-hmm. and and came back with the tech support uh, skills. You know, she talked about, you know, she and her sister have both married and brought their husbands into the operation. And they're both renting ground on their own and have purchased ground and used, you know, that FSA loan for beginning farmers and um, farm credit loans for beginning farmers to do some of that. So in their case, they've certainly they've expanded the operation. Mm-hmm. And then if you look over the the Marcout sisters that we yes. filed as well, I mean, they, you know, when they came back to their dad, their mom and dad's dairy operation, it was, I mean, they did a whole nother thing. You know, they started making cheese and, and starting a creamery and kind of, you know, fulfill the dream he'd had, you know, years ago, but, but made it happen in entirely their own way. Well, and, and intensely too, of course, being close to St. Louis doesn't hurt, but that was a great, great business. But I think that's the issue. Um, no matter whether it's a son or daughter coming back into the business, you have to figure out how the business can actually support the extra salary. And that may be the stumbling block for any farm. I mean, I don't know how you guys are looking at it. If your son wants to come back to farm, how you would change your own operation. Or if if Caroline wants to come back to farm or Jenna even, right. how you right. would look at that. 
So. Yeah. I mean, they have to, I mean, it's just like these guys, they have to come back with a skill and there has to be um, a place for them. You know, a lot of, a lot of operations you hear of, you know, will maybe bring some livestock back to the farm, you know, hog building yeah. or something like that, you know, as a, as a, as a way to diversify and as a way to kind of add a, a different profit center for that next generation. And actually our new writer, Sierra Day, did a commentary in this package and she and her significant other are actually also, while she's writing for Prairie, creating a business too, right? Their own farm business. They are. They are. It's really fun to talk to her and, and hear about that. You know, they've got um, basically a packaged beef business, you know, going that they're selling, um, you know, from from cattle that they're raising together and, and in two different parts of the state right now. So wow. they uh, uh, will join those herds at some point here. But um, but yeah, it's just really cool to see to see um, two young people, you know, come up with an idea like that and, and make it happen. I did get a kick out of the fact and this is something that Sierra dealt with and other people have dealt with. And, and this is the horrible thing that you have a guy my age behind the counter at a farm equipment dealership or a fertilizer dealership and some 20 something young person comes in, son or daughter, but often this happens more to the daughters. And they say, well, is your dad here to make that decision or is your brother going to make that decision? Mm-hmm. Are you hearing less of that? I think part of it, I, I think, yes, overall, um, I think it still happens, but I yeah. think overall it's gotten better in part because that generation behind the parts counter or wherever has changed. Rhonda Musgrave told a great story about the guy at the parts counter 20 years ago acting like, you know, whatever was on that screen was FBI <laughs> certified and nobody could see it. Right. And, and she's like, you know, now you go to, she can go to uh John Deere parts online. She can find the exact part. She can look at it and know that that does match up to what she wants. She can get the part number. She can call in and say, hey, do you have this part number? And then find out right away. So it sort of eliminates some of that um, gatekeeping, I guess you'd say. Well, and that goes back to the technology again. More of this stuff is available and it's out there and it's publicly available, which makes it easier for anybody to find the part that they want. But uh, that part run, parts run does get a little different. <laughs> right. Right, for sure. I appreciate that technology myself. <laughs> but I, oh no, you've never made any parts runs yourself in a rush, have you? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going when I was in high school, running into town. It took me three trips to find out that um, couplers have male coupler and female coupler. There's two different kinds, and that, mm-hmm. that's an important detail to know. Of course, that was before the age of cell phones, so it was three trips to town to learn that. Yeah, well, that's okay, because any, any guy, any self-respecting guy would tell you that a home improvement project that doesn't take at least trips, to, three trips to the hardware store isn't <laughs> worth doing. So I assume you just fell into that sphere of influence. But <laughs> but as you 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 stated, from, there were some interesting facts at the beginning of your story, and I think they're worth stating here in terms of what's happening to women in agriculture. What did you learn about that? USDA's numbers were fascinating to me. They are. They are. Um, USDA, and this is just the change from 2012 to 2017, saw a 27% increase in the number of female producers. Um, And so that is up to, at least as of 2017, 1.2 million female farmers working 388 million acres and uh, totaling up $148 billion in sales. So those are some impressive numbers. I think we also have to add sort of as a caveat between those two surveys to ag censuses, you know, yeah. USDA kind of changed how they asked that question. 
So, you know, more women were likely to say, oh, yeah, I am. I am farming. And they also cast a pretty wide net. Right. And what they what they count as a farm. Oh, yeah. Uh, but still, an increase is an increase. Right. And you, and you noted, too, that Illinois farm business farm management report is showing more women principally involved in the, the running of the mm-hmm. farm. I mean, mm-hmm. look, moms have been doing the books on farms for ever. I think that's right. a perfect description. But and are valued partners in that regard. But the very, you know, you're in the tractor, you're in the combine, you're making the business decisions. That's the big change here. And I think it's very exciting because what I'm looking forward to is what that means. How does that change agriculture? How does that change the decision-making on the farm? Is Did you get any sense of that when you were talking to these really forward-thinking folks? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just that idea of, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these um, uh, women that I talked to were younger. You know, they're trying to learn. They're they're like every other, you know, 27-year-old male young farmer yeah. who's trying to learn too, right? And and it's just in different ways. Um, and you know, having different conversations. And and um, I know Bridget talked about just being really grateful. You know, especially in the early years when she was first back. You know, and if she, she and her dad would sit down to talk with, you know, the fertilizer dealer, or the chemical guy or whatever, and he'd go over stuff and, you know, that he looked at her and said, do you understand this? And she said, no, I do not. You know, and, yeah. and she could ask questions and he took time and sat there and explained it, you know, and then, then she did know by the end of it. Well, I think that's a great salesman and she's very lucky to have salespeople like that supporting her farm because and anybody listening to this should remember that. That when the customer has a question, even if it's a dumb question, answer the question, have a chuckle and move on, because yeah. that's really important. Right. Um, Everybody's got to start someplace. Yeah. That's, trust uh, someone who didn't wasn't raised on a farm who is now an agricultural journalist that the secret to my success was being on a farm and ask, say, listen, I didn't grow up on a farm. I'm here to profile your operation. I may ask a stupid question, but when I do, can we all just laugh? <laughs> but would you but would you then please answer the question so it's a great it's a great uh warm up when you're visiting your first couple of farms and the job but i've had a good time all the, all that through from the standpoint of women in agriculture though, i think we've talked about this at the beginning i'll be glad when it's not news yeah from that standpoint because i think that this is a great change for the industry but i think the other thing we've noticed and i saw something on twitter the other day um women in agriculture everywhere is a big mm-hmm. change Vet, vet, graduating classes of veterinary students. Well, you've noticed that too, right? Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's predominantly women, and 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 uh, certainly a change there. I mean, I know. Let's see. I think it was 2011 mm-hmm. when we had our first female master farmer ever named, and that was Linnea Kustra. And I remember yeah. when we wrote that story, we said, okay, the main point of this story is not, hey, look, she's the first female master farmer. The main point of the story is, hey, look, she's a great farmer. And that's why she's a master farmer and she happens to be a woman. So I think part of that's how we tell those stories. Well, that's our job too, not to highlight the gender, but to highlight the business. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think and that, that'll be some pressure on us too, right? Right. Right. Good. Although when you look at all those classes, you spoke to a class, a U of I class recently or another class, and there were no men in the room, right? A journalism class? Um, yes, very few. Yeah. <laughs> very few anyway, I think maybe like one. Um, so, yeah, you know, they're, men are not necessarily going into communications or going other directions. There's 
those courses, even since I was in school 20, I guess almost five years ago, um, you know, there were very few men in, in ag communications at that point either. So, um, Big change. yeah, it is, it is. But, but the other side of it is, and this is a secret sauce of this, agriculture is the perfect STEM job. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, are they think STEM and the guys are going to STEM jobs and they run over and they're doing, you know, engineering and stuff. But agriculture is nothing but science, technology, engineering. And, you know, that that's all that is to me. It's there's so much science in our business that I think people are constantly amazed. I just had a conversation with someone who doesn't know, knows a little about agriculture and they were amazed at what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, whether you're talking carbon sequestration or, um, you know, crop timing or genetics or electronics it just amazes people so yeah. it's good yeah. and well, we welcome everybody who wants to come and do farming because i like to eat <laughs> exactly exactly and i think too like you know anytime we're telling these stories and somebody can see something like that in a magazine or on the internet or whatever you know there's an opportunity to see yourself in that position in someday you know and whether that's in science or whether that's you know as a farmer um one of the neat stories that came out of this story <laughs> that I found yeah. out later. So Rhonda Musgrave, you know, she's a Southern Illinois farmer we had on the cover in 2004. Um, there's a woman on the other side of the state, Maria Cox, who would have probably been in, well, I'm not sure how old she would have been at that point, but, you know, still at home, um, mm -hmm. you know, in her teenage years and saw that. And then when she was in college, asked Rhonda to come up and be on a panel that, um, you know, is that like a panel of, you know, or maybe it was women in agriculture, but different different careers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, talk to Rhonda then about, hey, how do I how do I make this happen? Because my dad, you know, maybe isn't ready to talk about this yet. <laughs> and Rhonda, you know, <laughs> gave her some advice like you just have to be really clear about what you would like to do and say, Dad, how can we make this work? And by golly, Maria went home and did it. And she's farming today. So. I just think there's a lot of power in telling those stories and in letting young women and young men do see see the possibilities. Well, and that's that's a clear message. And I know Maria; she's wonderful. She we've had her on she some panels is. at Farm Futures Summit. She did blog for Farm Futures for a little while, but she and her dad have really ma are making it work. And she she's pretty honest about what that process is like. But I think that's important too because I do think that there are some young men as well who have trouble getting back into farming on the farm because dad's yeah. not ready for that support either. And that's been an issue. So yes, I think seeing how you could do it and take gender out of it and just see how you could do it is mm -hmm. is really important as well. And I think this is really good. Congratulations, this is a great package. Um, I will link to, I think uh, what link I, link I can find to put online with this story when we post it online so people can see, uh, I think the story of Bridget Blount and uh, there'll be other, and there'll be some related links in there to the other pieces for this package. Yep. Congratulations on this and uh, keep up the good work and hope the weather stays right for your farm. Now. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. We do too. <laughs> Take care. Thanks to Holly Spangler for her insights on this interesting topic. This industry continues to evolve in new and exciting ways. You've been listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly look at agriculture across the United States with editors from the Farm Progress team and experts in our industry. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer, and feedstuffs, and the Farm Progress show on Husker Harvest Days. 
And there's still time to register for the 2021 Farm Futures Business Summit and Ag Finance Boot Camp. Learn more at farmfuturesummit.com. And you can save 20% if you use the promo code FARMFUN, all one word, when you register. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.